Hello my fellow entrepreneurs and financial freedom fighters. You are listening to the Empower Your Mind for Success podcast. My name is Anish Verma and I'm your podcast host and a certified John Maxwell mentor, trainer and speaker. I welcome you to join me on a journey to discover the science of inspiration, the science of how to empower your mind. Why are some entrepreneurs more successful than the others? This podcast will help you find the answers and understand the laws and principles of predictable success. It will help you build an entrepreneurial mindset and unlock your unlimited potential. So join me on this inspirational journey. All right, welcome uh, to the Empower Your Mind for Success podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest, Luba. She's a second time uh, participant on this podcast. Uh, you know, an IT veteran of 20 plus years. Uh, Uh, is a coach herself now teaching uh, you know her clients and and uh, others about uh, agile uh, development and IT and she is a new author of the book life worth living and when we interviewed uh, luba last time she her book was completed but it was not released as yet but now it's available on amazon you guys can go and look it up life worth living and we wanted to get her back uh, so that she can talk to us about her experience post the book publication and being publicly available now by the way all the proceeds until the publication and i think even now luba you can correct me if i'm wrong yes. uh, but all the proceeds are still going towards the charity yes. uh, and that charity is very close to your heart you can talk a little bit more about that but welcome back Thank you so much fun to be here. Awesome, awesome. So tell me, you know, how does it feel being a published author? Your book is now available everywhere. Oh, Anish, it has been so exciting. It has been so exciting. It's um I can't even probably describe it with words. Um it's it's definitely not what I had imagined. Um the whole process in general, it's I was I learned so much about, you know, people just how people consume information how people i mean i always had a a strong belief in humanity <laughs> but it was uh, so much fun to see i actually asked many people for help i was somewhat paranoid a little bit about the book coming out not not just because i'm sharing you know my life story and but it's because i wanted to make sure there are no typos and i knew that every book has a typo here and there but i really just wanted it to be as perfect as possible <laughs> once it got to amazon and so i decided to kind of bite the bullet and i ordered 150 books and i mailed them out before it was available on amazon so i mailed it out to everyone who pre-ordered and i asked people to please 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 if you find any typos whatsoever let me know so a total of 108 people read the book gave me uh not just feedback that's another story uh feedback varied and it was just interesting what the book meant uh to people uh but they all came back it was a, a joint effort they found 14 typos uh certain words that had a different meaning in english and spanish <laughs> and so it was just Uh, so nice so once i hit that button like ready for distribution on amazon i felt so good about it i was like 
there's no way there can be anything else found, you know, after so many people went through it. Yeah, what a proud moment for you. Uh, fascinating and uh, very, very inspirational. Uh, so, you know, you and I have been touched since uh, our first podcast and, uh, you know, we have been actively engaged on LinkedIn as well. And, uh, you know, you, you told me something offline that I wanted to share with, with everybody uh, on this podcast, listening to this podcast, you know, share with us in general, what kind of feedback are you getting about your book? So it varied. Some people said uh, it's entertaining. So entertaining was one word that was used multiple times. Uh, some people with a very sad, you know, kind of face and expression said it hit home. So they could definitely relate to the things that I am describing there. And the one particular one, I know what you're referring to. So every Monday at 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard, I hold just Zoom, uh, Zoom sessions to talk about different topics. And it was interesting because a few days before, I actually asked um, someone, entrepreneur, uh, it was a, a group of ladies, and I asked, do you guys get discouraged and disappointed when you pour your soul and like nobody shows up? Or like when you do a live workshop or something and you see that like three people are watching and you know, you were preparing and stuff and there were three replies immediately within the first 10 seconds. And they said, it only takes one we don't get discouraged. If we can bring value to at least one person, then it was worth it. And what happened one of the Mondays, I'm sitting there waiting for people to join. And there was only one, um, one lady that joined. All right. And All right. Before, you, before you move forward, before you get into this inter, you know, interesting <laughs> bit of feedback, let's remind the audience what your book is about. I want them to have that context so that they can relate to this feedback that you're going to provide. Sure. Us. Let, tell us about your book. Take about a couple of minutes, maybe more. What was the context? Sure. Why did you write it? Um, what motivated you to write it? Let's remind the audience a little bit about it. Absolutely. I keep forgetting because we've had this conversation so many times. <laughs> um, absolutely. So um, on December 28th of 2019, um, my dad passed away. And so I really wanted to make sure the memories are not lost, to honor him in, in, in some way. And and in general, it was a very tough moment because um, he stayed behind in 1992 when we left for the US. And so I would go visit him all the time and my grandmother as well. And so that world was kind of shattered, um, even though I still have friends there. And it was just, it was part of healing. So I just started writing um, and about February timeframe, uh, when someone asked me, you know, how I was doing, I was like, oh, I, I kind of said my usual, oh, everything is great. And then I got home and I was like, I don't know, it doesn't feel great. So um, I just started writing everything that happened in 2019 and then actively looking for the good, even though there was a lot of bad and so I found a lot of good, even among all this horrible stuff that was happening in 2019. That's how it all began. This is how like one of the chapters was created before I even decided to write the book. I was just journaling. Uh, and then in March uh, 2020, my daughter, one of my kids got diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And it was just such a tough um, time mentally. So I decided that I, when I write the book 
just to keep my sanity intact. It was just a way for me to focus, you know, the stress. And I don't know how it happened. Anish, I can't even, I don't know how it happened. I blinked and there was the book. I don't feel like, you know, it. it it's, it, I know it was a lot of effort and I know it was a lot of work, but somehow in May, I decided that I'm gonna write the book. I just started writing paragraphs here, paragraph there while at Jimmy Fine, while my daughter was getting chemo. I would like record certain things during a walk. And then I would come down, you know, at night and I would just kind of put all these bits, bits and pieces together and lots of reviews and back and forth and digging pictures of my family members. And, and so there were many things and I know I'm just, I'm kind of like going on and on, but it was multiple things. It was, first of all, um, we don't know for how much longer we're around. And I wanted to leave something for my children, stories, um, stories of my grandparents. So the first six chapters are all about my family and all about the hardships. Um, and one of the feedbacks was that um, I, I refer to um, this set of things that happened to us that are not so great as a library of crap. That's like in the first chapter, like we accumulate this library of crap. And so it, it's all in um, relation to the building of resilience. That's, that's the whole concept of the book. Um, so someone said they absolutely loved it. And so as I was writing it, uh, the first six chapters was all about that. Both sides of my family, grandparents, World War II, you know, they lost their parents, how they survived, all of that um, stuff, like their library of crap. Um, and then I uh, just talked about my dad and his life. He was sick for many, many years and, uh, and the choices, how it was his choice. Um, and, and he made that and he really never complained about it or it just it was what it was. And, um, and, and so, and then something made me think how I can take all these life lessons, finding courage, going from blaming to healing, uh, being grateful, just all of this stuff, you know, spreading the kindness. Those are the names of the chapters in the context of my family. But then I said, how can I take all of this? And how can I talk about how our lived experiences are applicable in the professional life? And so the last two chapters are all about leadership and, um, and how it's important to also be kind and that kind of stuff. Very nice. As you're talking, uh, Luba, I, I was thinking, what would I write if I'm writing a book about myself and my family? Uh, and you're already inspiring me live on this podcast. This is amazing. Uh, by the way, you know, audience, this is not rehearsed. I'm, I, she doesn't know what questions I'm going to ask her. It's all impromptu. Uh, so obviously, Luba, you wrote the book to honor your parents uh, and your grandparents' legacy. Uh, you also wanted to create and leave something behind for your kids. It's all good. Once again, uh, Luba's book's name is Life Worth Living from Lithuania to Boston, My Journey of Building Resilience, available on Amazon. All right. So now we have a context um, why you wrote the book. Uh, you're, and of course, you're being vulnerable. You shared your story with the world. Uh, it's not easy to do. Uh, but obviously, there's a lot of lessons that you have shared. People have shared the impact they have had by reading your book. So now let's talk about an interesting piece of feedback. The main reason why we got back onto this podcast today. Yes. So one more context. <laughs> um, in those last two chapters, 
when I'm talking about our professional lives, I'm talking about um, you know career development, I'm talking about digital transformations in large companies, and I talk about the importance of taking small actions. I talk about the fact that you know some people have a five-year plan, they know exactly what to do, and some people don't, and that's okay. It's good to have purpose in life, but it takes a bit longer for some people than others. Some never find it, some find it at a young age. And so one of the sections in the book, I talk about how when something seems scary or unknown, what is the absolutely smallest action you can take that you can achieve and you can learn from and then you can move on and small steps by small steps, you can achieve something big. And I talk about it even in the context of, you know, writing this book. Um, and now when I wrote this, I wrote this in the context of, you know, personal development, getting a degree, taking a course uh, in the context of, you know, large thousand people uh, transformations and stuff. This particular feedback that I got was the absolutely most rewarding um, absolutely was a confirmation that writing this book was the right thing to do because we all have doubts once in a while, right? Yes, I made it available, but you go back and forth, you know, should I, should I not have? Like, you don't know. And so back to this Monday, 7 p.m., when only one lady showed up. And when you have less people on a call, you're able to go into um, a lot more in-depth right, more open discussion. So people open up. Um... And the fact that this book helped someone to really get out of depression. And I'm not talking about, you know, I'm talking about very small steps. So what this woman shared with me is that when she had a very hard time getting out of bed, she kept thinking, what is the smallest thing that I can do? Can I just wash my face? And so she kept saying it to herself and she got out of bed and she washed her face and she was replaying the words from the book. And she kept saying, okay, well, if I washed my face and I was able to do that, then maybe I can get dressed. And maybe I can open up the curtains and look outside. And 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 to me, I mean, honestly, I mean, I have I have uh, goosebumps now that I'm I'm saying it. And so when you realize that you made an impact on that level to someone, that is absolutely the most satisfying, inspiring, like the proof that it you know can bring value um, as you can get. Like it was just unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, if someone feels that their life is indeed worth living and taking small, small steps to try to get out of the downward spiral of depression, that itself is, uh, I think, uh, very fulfilling. Like you said, Luba, I mean, yeah. what else? Uh, you already impacted one person. That's just the beginning. You're going to impact many more through your book, which is phenomenal. But, you know, just like those women said, when I asked, you know, and they said, you know, it only takes one, it really only takes one. Like if the book doesn't bring any value to anybody else, like I will already say it was worth it. It was worth it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm sure the audience is listening to this and they're wondering, you know, wow, what if I wrote my story, right? I mean, so tell us, 
tell the audience how this, you know, when you made a decision that you're going to actually convert this into a book, how long did it take you uh, to start writing the, the manuscript and, and, and the first draft and, and how much time did it take you to get this published onto Amazon available now? So amazingly, it took six months from the moment I decided to write the book to me actually holding the physical book in my hand. I, I don't know how it happened. I honestly don't know how it happened, except I know how it happened. I took small steps. So you take small actions and you take the action of just writing stories. So at first, and again, if I was to write a second book, I think I would do it in a different way because I've learned now. And so I would definitely create an outline first and I would first maybe list the lessons that I'd like people to get out. Um, out of the book, out of each chapter, but I didn't do it that way. And to me, I could not wrap my head around that particular format. But instead of being stuck and doing nothing, what I did, I was just, I was just writing. Whatever stories came to my mind, I just wrote them down. And later, when everything was on paper, it was a mess. <laughs> my sister confirmed it was a mess when she read it and she was just kind of like, wait, I know all these people, but I'm still confused. Mm -hmm. And so write many names and in the final book really only turned out to be one third of the stories that I've written. Mm -hmm. Because as I was kind of reading my own stories, it was somewhat boring. Like not that all the stories were like, you know, extremely boring, but like when you read it and, and there are no lessons, that you are extracting, they're just a bunch of memories. They're great, maybe, but I really wanted to make sure that the book serves people other than my children, kind of knowing the names of the grandparents of their grandparents, you know? I, I wanted to make sure that um, there are lessons, that it can be inspirational. And so I organized it in a very different way after the book was, you know, the first draft was, was written. And so I extracted the lessons. I made sure that there's some ponder questions for people to think about their own lives and their own actions. And so it kind of became like a life coaching uh, book um, gradually on its own. Like, I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. So uh, six months. Uh, and of course, you know, um, you, you wrote the books in bits and pieces, put these things together, stitched it together. But I believe you were part of some mastermind group, some coaching program, someone is helping you along writing the book. Yes. Yeah? Yes. You care so, about that with this audience. Yeah. Absolutely. So one day in May, uh, Natasha Denman popped up in my uh, Facebook feed and I kind of, I wasn't sure what she did and, but it said, you know, write your book in 48 hours, like 48 hour ultimate author it was called. And and because she's from Australia and I traveled to Australia for work just, you know, a couple of years prior, I wanted to listen to what she has to say. So I clicked on that video and I could just relate to her. You know, she's roughly my age. She also immigrated at the age of 14 um, and she was just so inspirational. And so I decided, listen, so talk about small actions. I paid $25 and I said, listen, I'm going to join this three hour workshop. I'm going to listen to this woman. If it's horrible, I'll, I'll leave the zoom meeting. Like it's, it's not a big loss. So might as well. So that was for me, like the minimum step I could have taken 
in order to begin the, the book writing journey. And so I joined and I signed up for, for the program by the end of the three hours. It's a small publishing company. They work uh, as a family and uh, they're just amazing. It's a small publishing company and coaching as well. First time writers. So they really work with your mindset just like any other coaching, but they focus it in like they, the, the second I had a doubt in my head, you know, it, it's almost like they knew what, what was on my mind. And there was immediately an email with some inspirational message from Natasha saying, um, you might get cold feet right now, but don't you worry and it will pass. And it's like, how did she know I was thinking that? So it's this concept of getting an expert, you know, working with an expert, somebody that maybe has gone through this before. Um, and it, it, it's actually applicable everywhere. I talk about, you know, the consulting company I work for right now and like large digital transformations and people try to do it themselves and it's okay, it might take longer. Uh, but if, if, if you are stuck just in general <laughs> in anything, just ask for help, you know, look for who can, uh, who can help. Yeah, and I think that's a million dollar advice. Uh, you know, a lot of people um, hesitate in asking for help because in their mind, uh, they, they, it's, it's, it's a conflict. Uh, is, is asking for help sign of weakness? Mm -hmm. And if I ask for help, who is out there is going to help me anyway, right? Why will they help me? And, and I think uh, I did a podcast on this um, where, I, where I think I, I was talking about that asking for help is a strength, is a, is a sign of strength because first of all, you're acknowledging that you need help. That means that you don't know everything. And uh, then reaching out, uh, asking for help is actually a sign of strength because weak people can't do that. Stronger people like you can do it because you need to acknowledge that there is a gap that needs to be closed. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a habit of all high performers um, asking for help. And, and you know, I, I was talking about this in the um, other interview I was doing um, where I was telling the same thing that, you know, we all are a product of the help that we have received along the way. None of us can achieve whatever we have achieved ourselves, even though it's our individual victory at the end of the day, but it's all that we have, we have been received help from a mentor figure, from a coaching figure, someone to help you along the way. And, and the thing is, people love helping. That people have to realize that when you ask someone for help, you're almost doing them a favor because people love to help. And I could, I, you know, like people would respond to me. It's like, hey, I found two typos. And I'd be like, yay, thank you. This is so good. You know, it, it, it almost like became at the end, like when I was publishing the book, it, like it became a game with people. It like almost like became a competition. I would say, well, somebody found, you know, two additional ones. How many did you find? And so um, people enjoyed it. People enjoyed the process. They, they were happy to be a part of it with me. Like, it's okay to ask for help. Awesome. That is, that is, that is fascinating. So six months, people, six months, if you put your mind to it, uh, have a thought in your mind, you can physically manifest the, the, the book. If you want to write a book that is right, it, it doesn't take years, it can take a few months. And uh, given the current situation we are in, most of us are spending a lot of time in the house. If we can spend 30 minutes, 15 minutes daily, even to record what's on our mind in, in a phone, that itself will be a beginning. Uh, of, of something great that may inspire someone, may help someone come out of depression, uh, may help someone 
you know, uh, dodge some of the societal thoughts that they might be having, guys. So you never know who you can help. And I think, Luba, you've already helped one person. And I think it's all only onward and upward from here for you. Um, so this is great, right? So um, what kind of feedback are you getting from your family, um, you know, about this book that you have written? Because you're sharing stories about them. How yes. are they reacting to it? So my sister knew it. She was part of this along the way. She, she probably went through it. I don't even know. I lost count at some point. Poor thing. She was my main editor um, besides the professional editor <laughs> from the publishing company. Um, I think I was able to, this was also very rewarding. When you have something in writing and people get to really um, dive in, you can have much deeper conversations. So I was able to have a conversation with my own mother who, uh, who read the book. Now, she did not read the book before. She only read the book when I already had the physical copy. Now, it wasn't posted on Amazon just yet, uh, but still, she, she was very proud. She, she read the book. There are certain things that I write about her. Um, it, it probably, there were moments where she probably had her you know, blood boiling. Uh, <laughs> in some cases. Uh, but even, you know, I, I got an opportunity to have like that deep conversation and, and maybe a bit of a coaching moment, you know, with my own mother, who is, who is absolutely amazing. I love my mom. Uh, but it's, you know, we all need reminders to look for the good and to not hang on. Uh, and the whole chapter from blaming to healing, we all need to heal. So if we're holding on to something, if we're trying to think how I don't know, our parents screwed us up or whatever, right? Like ex-spouse, whoever uh, it is uh, in your life that you're just really upset with, you need to find a way to let go. And so it was just a very, uh, very interesting discussion. And in, in other cases, this was also very interesting feedback. So I have friends in Lithuania and I have friends here and in the book, I write about some of the really lowest moments in my life as far as losing um, loved ones. And I have friends for over 30 years. And so my friends in Lithuania, when they read some of the stuff, they had no idea um, that something as horrible as losing a close friend here happened to me. Mm. And so friends here, had no idea what was going on with my dad and my grandmother and like that side of the world and people that have known me for years and it's it's interesting um to think about it and i if you if you think about our interactions in general they're very like high level we don't have deep conversations when we quickly meet each other once a year or three times a year for a quick dinner and a drink it just doesn't happen because most of the conversations are, hey, how's life? How's work? How are kids? How's spouse? And, you know, you laugh and you have a great time, but you don't get a chance to really deep dive um, and, and do any kind of healing um, or any kind of deep conversations. So um, and I didn't realize it. So that's the thing, because I'm a very open person. I, I thought I was an open book and yet you know, it turned out that my closest friend learned things from the book that they had no idea were happening in my life. So that was very um, interesting as well to think about. And again, the lesson learned here, you really never know. 
you might be blaming somebody for something and you have no idea what's happening in their life. Even if they have a huge smile on their face and, and all this. So just being aware, you know, you might yeah. just not know. Yeah, a great point. And I wanted to elaborate a little bit on something that you said at the beginning of this podcast, Luba. You said that you were trying to look for something good. And I, I want to ensure the audience understands this and doesn't lose this point that it, it was a it was a active step that you took. It, it was not something passive. It was actively intentional step that you took. And I want to, you know, talk to the audience a little bit. You know, when when we are trying to buy a car or when we are trying to buy a shoe, and let's say you know you are trying to buy a a, a silver color car. and it's in your mind that you want to buy a silver color car you may have decided the brand and the model and suddenly you start noticing only that car on the road there are so many silver cars of that model driving all around now why is that is it that they just appeared no they were always been there you were intentionally looking for it when you want to buy brown shoes you will start noticing brown shoes it is because the act of intentionality ensures that you are leveraging the power of your subconscious mind and attracting those things into your life and and into into your vision like you're becoming aware and i think the same thing happens when you are intentionally looking for good you know when you are intentionally looking for something positive in in our lives and especially today given this entire year of 2020 has been a year of despair of loss uh emotionally physically financially to so many people you took this year specifically luba to look for good and came out with this book in 6 months and now you're impacting lives is something that I, i i think it is really worthy of appreciation and praise and i think you need to share this with your monday meetings and wherever because this is an act of intentionality Mm-hmm. uh you know and this is very important and i think this is a message that people need to hear from you more uh you know you talk about resilience in your in your in your book and i think now you are uh a living life walking talking example of resilience and i think uh this is the year that we all need to be learn how we all need to learn how to be resilient so i wanted to you know again congratulate you this is an amazing feat that you have achieved it's not easy Uh, I have not written a book. I have talk, I spoken to so many mentors of mine who have never written a book, and they say writing a book is not easy uh, because once you write it, it's out there. People can continue agreeing with you, disagreeing with you, and it would it could even end up becoming someone's mentor long after you are gone when you don't exist on this planet Earth. Absolutely. and i think that is a legacy that you're leaving behind but but share a little bit about being intentional with this audience i think you did a great thing and i want you to share a little bit of how you went about it i know you did little small things yeah. but walk us through those 6 months a little bit if you can let us share sure. your life at that time yeah so i just want to also make sure um i mentioned so counting your blessings is also one of the chapters mm-hmm. and that particular chapter is i go month by month and i talk about you know i tore my acl my close friend got diagnosed with stage 4 cancer my dad had a, a you know brain bleed emergency brain surgery and like month by month like all this you know crap was happening it was just like a, a life was just kept throwing punches and i said uh, in the book i said you know i decided to sit down and say how about i i throw some punches back And so I started um, talking about 
different circumstances. Uh, you know, my daughter's birthday. Yes, I came back from Lithuania. I knew my dad wasn't going to last much longer. Um, you know, but we were able to have a, a, a beautiful birthday party for my daughter, you know, the day after I landed. And so she had her friends and this and that. And I actually had a plan to go to London with a close friend of mine. Um, and we went to London and we spent three days, amazing three days. Right, and I did it around the trip to see my dad. And there were different reasons why I had to go again and again. I had to go multiple times um, to like deal with real estate and all other stuff, even besides my dad's health. Um, and I was going like, oh, I have to go again. Like, it's not a very easy trip. You know, it's not around the corner. But then in the good portion, I said, but that allowed me to see my dad a couple more times. But that allowed me you know, to be there for his birthday, which would end up being his last birthday. And so, you know, the smile on his face. And I talk about the nurse that came into the room because he, my dad always loved to feed people. And so his birthday was a tradition. I would bring a couple of cakes. He would invite all the nurses, you know, and everybody would eat the cake and, and he would have the, the biggest smile on his face. And so those moments, you know, when the nurse eats the cake and comes to him and, you know, takes his hands. And at that point, he was just barely sitting there. And, and she said, hey, are we going to be dancing later? Mm -hmm. And like that huge smile on his face, mm -hmm. you know, was just worth the trips, the pain, the like the exhaustion, the, all of it. So, so those moments, I actively looked for those moments. So I sat down, I tried to remember the good because sometimes when the bad happens, all the good, it's, it kind of just evaporates, right? Like the bad just overtakes all of our good memories. In some cases, like even um, the whole chapter from blaming to healing, I talked about one of my grandmothers who, you know, I had certain um, resentment towards her for, for, for some time, but as I'm writing the book, I talk about so much good in that in my grandmother and her, you know, baking and how she much, you know, how much she loved her grandkids. And, um, and, and so I remember all of that. And I, and I, like, I didn't think prior to writing the book that there was so much good. There was so much good, but a few bad just overtakes. So actively looking for a good and remembering um, just, goes a long way and in 2020 when my daughter got diagnosed you know on one hand you might say what possibly can you find good when your kid goes through chemo treatment like what there is absolutely nothing good except when you start thinking about it you know with the pandemic in march um i did not travel for work so i was able to stay home i I was able to work from home, so I still um, had the income, but I was able to be there and my schedule was flexible. I could, you know, take her to Jimmy Fund. The number of hugs and the kisses and like deep conversations I had with my daughter, that would not have happened. The year before I was traveling all over, you know, I would come for three days on the weekend. And again, it's, um, you think about that. Like there was a lot of good spending time together with families. I know some had you know families have their limit of how much time you can spend together we do too sometimes i have to go for a walk um but you know if you look for it you'll find it 
Yeah, and and I think that's uh, so true. I mean, you have to be intentional. I think I think it's it's intentional. It's 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 living a life of intention, and then also it's a skill that needs to be developed. Especially what you are saying, Luba. If, if your own child is going to, and, and by the way, your child is healthy, safe. She's she's cancer yes. free. Yes, she is. Yes, that, that thank is you. great news. Um, right, every everyone is okay now. But but the the act of looking for something good despite the despair around you uh, is a skill. and it needs to be harnessed and all high performers and you know i talk a lot about entrepreneurs on my podcast and and it's a skill that all high performing entrepreneurs all high performing executives have you have to look for good intentionally it doesn't take anything for weeds to grow but but to have flowers grow in your garden in in the in the garden of your mind you have to be intentional you have to water those flowers you have to put fertilizer for those flowers you have to make them grow otherwise there'll be weeds all over uh, which are kind of negative thoughts in your mind um, there's something else that i talk about there is another chapter where uh, i talk about you know looking for the good but i also wanted to make sure that i'm sensitive and i acknowledge that there are circumstances where there's no good mm-hmm. and i talk about 911 and i talk about um unfortunately many other things where we feel helpless and it's it's not that th- there's really no good and so i talk about kind of that evil and where it comes from and what can we do if if we're helpless um there's really nothing like you you know you're you're watching some things and you think what is it that i can do and and i encourage people to do things that are within their reach if we're kind to somebody hopefully it we will inspire them to also be kind to somebody else and so there were so many points in my book but when i was signing the book to everyone who preordered it i ended up writing keep spreading kindness mm-hmm. and and you know some messages i made more personal depending on you know for how long i've known the people but keep spreading kindness was the theme that i decided that if you have to take you know one thing <laughs> out of the book um we can all do it we can all do it it doesn't take a lot amazing um you know i think uh, this podcast has also been very inspirational i mean i'm just i'm just feeling so inspired right now maybe to write my book uh, that i wanted to look for a long time i have been wanting to write a book for a long time but first step small yeah. action <laughs> small steps <laughs> There's another friend of mine actually is the co-founder of my artificial intelligence company uh, my my buddy he has been write, wanting to write a book he has written the the chapter names of the book but he just can't get over the writer blo- the writer's block as they call it and, and I'm going to ask him to uh, listen to this podcast because I hope he finds inspiration in this luba uh, thank you so much for being part of this podcast any any lasting message that you would like to leave our audience with So 2020 has been tough but it's almost the end <laughs> we're almost at the end of 2020 I just want to wish everyone you know happy holidays and I I really hope you know next year will just bring a lot of happiness um and and kindness and and health which is absolutely the most important we all know that especially especially this year um but just you know keep looking for the good awesome keep looking for the good be intentional about it guys and and you will find it there there's so much good out there you you need to look for it and you will find it 
Um, so, Luba, thank you once again for being part of this podcast. Uh, maybe we'll have you again when you're writing your second book. Uh, Absolutely. But, <laughs> yeah, but we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You take care. Happy holidays to you and your family. And I'll see you next year. Thank you, Anish. I hope you found Luba's story inspiring. I hope this gave you a glimmer of hope and you could see yourself in Luba's shoes uh, and you would want to share your story with the world in a book format, in a podcast format, in one way or the other so that you may be able to inspire just one person. If you found value in this podcast, share this podcast with at least one person you believe will benefit from listening to it. Keep inspiring. Keep listening. Remember, you have unlimited potential. Own it. Until next time, take care.